0: To another outbreak podcast from Basic Scotland. These are a series of brief snapshots about less talked about topics within pre hospital care in Scotland and some deep dives into more specialist areas with experts from a variety of disciplines. My name's Dave, I'm an army surgical trainee, a basics responder, and a mountain rescue doctor based in Pitlochry. Today, joining me, we have Adrian Kay. Adrian is the Senior Coastal Operations Officer for the somewhat ominously named Area 17, which I believe includes much of the west coast around Oban and the Inner Hebrides. He started off as a police officer doing various jobs up and down the west coast in rural communities and has now been developing a package of casualty care training for the Coast Guard rescue teams across his area. Welcome, Adrian. Many thanks for joining us. That's a pleasure. So, I guess, The Coast Guard is is one of those agencies that that we don't see a huge amount of, but is pretty critical and and does a lot of stuff under the radar. What's the sort of overall role? Okay, so what you often see with the Coast Guard is
1: the, the tip of the iceberg. HM Coast Guard itself is actually the operational arm of the maritime and Coast Guard agency, which has a huge area of responsibility, like search and rescue, counter pollution, maritime safety and surveying all this sort of thing so hm coast guard is the search and rescue function of that we have a statutory responsibility for civil maritime search and rescue around the seas around the uk but that also includes the coastline the beaches the cliffs and so on and probably the best way to think about hm coast guard is if you think about the three main disciplines within that we have maritime ops and and they look maritime operations look after the the operation centers and the coordination of our various assets you've got aviation who operate the aeronautical rescue coordination center the arc and coastal ops coastal operations is where i work and we look after the resources over three thousand volunteers around the coast and we manage and train our coastal response the coast guard rescue service which is what people will often see around the coast, the teams are an asset of of HM Coast Guard. They're all volunteers. We're full-time officers, but the teams are are all volunteers from within the community.
0: Fantastic. So that sort of zone of responsibility for coastal ops presumably includes a huge amount of the rural parts of Scotland. It does. I mean, you mentioned area 17. So if you imagine
1: the whole UK coast split up into operational areas, we start with Shetland area one, we go around the entire UK coast clockwise, and we finish up in Stornoway in the Western Isles with Area 18. So my own area of operation, Area 17, is Argyll and the islands. So mainland-wise, we're talking about sort of from, from the Muller-Kintyre up to Appin and the, the, the Balahulish Bridge, and then also including all the islands. So we have teams on Isla, Mull, uh, Cole, Tyree, Colonsay Jura. So yeah,
0: getting on for three thousand
1: kilometres or something—it's it's a huge
0: area—and some stunning bits of Scotland in amongst it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely incredible.
0: And how do things work in terms of of a tasking or a job that comes in? What does that look like in terms of structure and how it all works together?
1: Okay, so whether a call comes in from a member of the public or from through the nine 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 system or through VHF, or whether it comes in through a, a partner's operations room, it'll go in, into our op centres. It may be a local one. It, so for our part of the world. Half of our area is coordinated by Belfast generally and half of it by Stornoway, but it may go into a, a flank center for various reasons. So when the call comes in, the call is handled by the ops room and then they will then task the appropriate assets. So if you think about the Coast Guard coordinating different facilities, it has the option of tasking helicopters, RNLI, lifeboats, for example, or our rescue teams as well. So within the ops room, there'll be a search mission coordinator who is looking at which assets are appropriate for that incident. And then the tasking will then follow from that. Our teams are always tasked via a pager. Traditionally, we used to use these channel zero pages. And now we're moving more onto a mobile-based platform, an alerting and tasking system, which gives us more ability to give additional information within it and also for the teams to respond with different stasis, so if they're delayed but responding and so on. So once the team's are initially paged, then they'll muster at the uh, station and get a briefing from the ops
0: room, and then the, the roles will then be allocated. Okay, so I guess the next kind of the logical question from there is, what does it look like? What sort of thing am I going to see as a basic responder potentially dealing with a casualty on the coast? Who's going to come rolling over the hillside, and what's the response going to look like? Okay, so by default, all of our teams,
1: so if you think about this... Going on for 400 teams around the UK coast. Coast Guard team are on scene. They will, by default, be trained in casualty care. So, a couple of years ago, we completely redesigned our casualty care course. It's kind of a first community first responder level uh, with the CERC training. The team will also be search trained. We've recently harmonized our training with police as well through the Police National Search Center. So, our teams are all search technicians. They'll be trained in water safety and rescue, which can be really critical providing safety cover as well. You know, it's not just what you think of as a water rescue, but also. Keeping ourselves and keeping others, you know, other workers safe. As well as that, all the other functions, whether it's comms, navigation, teams are all trained in the use of pyrotechnics and managing and setting up landing sites, helicopter landing sites. And that can be either sort of in a planned way or it can be an emergency HLS on the coast or at a roadside. There'll be specific roles within that team as well. Any tasking will always have an OIC, an officer in charge that person will be providing the on-scene coordination responsible for the safe operation on scene. So as a responder, as a basics responder, that's the person you really need to get hold of,
0: because they'll be providing the incident command and the leadership. And are my writing saying that you can pick him out at a distance because it's is it a white helmet that they wear? Full-timers have the white helmets, so if it's a more protracted job and we're becoming involved as operational
1: commanders, we will have white helmets. The tabards are really clear. They're red and yellow checked, and they've got officer in charge on them. So the OIC should be wearing one of those. That's a good point. As, as an additional part of our role, when it becomes a maybe more protracted incident or a multi-agency incident, we as full-time officers, part of our role is as uh, an incident command role where, say, a more technically difficult job or a protracted job, if we're
0: coming in as a bronze, you know, an operational command, we, we might be on scene as well. Okay, fantastic. It's one of those things that because we interact with so many different agencies, it's really useful to get a picture of what each agency looks like and who to speak to, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the same with us. What about sort of kit and equipment? I know you guys drive a variety of four-wheel drive type things. What sort of kit do you have within them?
1: Yeah, okay. So pretty much all of our teams use 4x4s. Depending on the environment, we've got a few specialist vehicles. We've got Argo Cats. In our part of the world, on Collinsay, we have a, a side-by-side ATV, which is great for you know a small, sort of rugged island like Collinsay. Within that, again, by default, all our teams will carry three medical kits, including a casualty care backpack. In that, that will be airway management, there'll be bag valve and mask, suction, airway adjuncts. All our teams carry, for management of fractures and bleeds, we've got frac straps, Euro splints, we carry pelvic splint, pelvic binders now, as well as trauma dressings and cat tourniquets. All of our teams carry a, a SAR evac stretcher as well, which is a really great bit of kit. It rolls up and it's very portable, so the teams can carry it if they're on a search, it rolls up into like a backpack, and we found it particularly useful for some sort of difficult, awkward extrications as well, like once we used it on a, down a bank of a loch side, I think it was originally designed for cave rescue. So it's, um it holds, it's like a body splint and it holds the casualty really securely. All the teams have evac stretches and we will carry a full water safety and rescue kit. So we carry dry suits, PFDs, throw lines and systems to create anchors and safety lines as well. And again, that's really useful, say if we're working in and around the water and we're needing to keep responders safe, and we need to keep ourselves safe, we can provide a on-scene protection around a a rescue site. Depending on the environment, teams may have additional equipment and training, so that could be mud rescue, mud rescue teams around the coast where they're needed. Not much in our part of the world, the mud flats of Argyll aren't, uh, we don't have much in the way of mud flats out here, but we have a number of rope teams in our area, and our rope rescue teams can provide rescue and extrication method for when we're in sort of technical ground. The obvious one would be a cliff top rescue, but that can also be used in other ways. For instance, we can do vertical rescue and recovery. So this could be, say, a casualty in the fish room of a vessel or in a difficult, say, a casualty trapped in rock armor or something like that on the coast. We can set up our system. We've got a quad pod and we can actually set up a vertical rescue system. And we can also do a company descent as well. So we could take A paramedic down to a casualty using our system. It's a safe system of work. It's a two-line system and we can take a, a doctor or a paramedic down to a casualty to stabilize them and then we have a full recovery system which we can use with an alpha and light stretcher. We can then bring the casualty up. There's quite a lot of capability. It's really worthwhile for your responders to check in with us, and we'll do our best to maybe do some joint sessions and just to get that awareness of what your people have around the coast in terms of Coast Guard teams and what capability they have. Like I said, there's a default capability that all the teams have, but depending on what there is in a the region, there might be additional kit and training.
0: We recently ran some multi-agency stuff out on Tyree that some of the Coast Guards came along doing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely critical to know Little things about, you know, what's carried and what the sort of individual skill sets are.
1: Definitely. The day of the incident is not the time to be, it's not the best time to be learning that. Yeah, it really is. It's so valuable. And I think it just makes, you know, on the day, it just makes everything run a bit more smoothly. And we're, we're really keen to find opportunities to do joint training and to build up those relationships and get that awareness into our teams.
0: So I guess zooming out a little bit from the individual and from the team level, you guys sit sort of at a juncture of obviously land and sea, but also have lots of different agencies. So am I right in saying that you're probably pretty familiar in terms of multi-agency working and working across specialties? Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think within the Coast Guard itself, the range of roles we have is huge. I think
0: as full-time officers,
1: we're a bridge between, you know, the operation coordination side and the volunteer service. Yeah, I think particularly in our part of the world, I think by default our incidents, well, they're often protracted, they're often multi-agency. And I remember as a police officer in a previous life, I remember relying on the coast guard during severe weather events uh, out on the Western Isles or during searches further inland as well. You know, islands are a unique environment and technically, yeah, we have a statutory responsibility towards the coastline, but the reality on an island is different, and you know, we will always consider taskings or a request for assistance for in other ways, whether it's a search further inland or providing safety cover advice for a job elsewhere. So, yeah, absolutely. I think certainly multi agency working is built into what we do.
0: And I guess thinking for myself, I'm obviously quite a long way in land in Pitlochry, but actually, jobs further towards the coast, little things like being able to offload allocation of helicopter landing sites and management of the aircraft, having you guys who are experts in that area that's a great relief for me because i can shunt that out of my brain and not have to worry about it yeah absolutely so
1: if you imagine say a multi-agency incident like you said traditional rescue functions we can carry out but whether it's you know i'd encourage people to think laterally and think creatively so safety cover landing sites as you said i mean with, with our radios, with channel zero we can have comms with the crew we can set up and secure a landing site very quickly more protracted incidents each area has an area support vehicle and in that, we've got air shelter, lighting, a ground set radio, or logistics as well. You know, just if you need folks shifting and four by fours, we can do that as well.
0: It's really key for those big multi-agency jobs. And it's, as I say, it's, it's a resource that often doesn't come to my mind and probably should, even being away away from the coast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. An example, we carried out a search uh, further inland in, towards Glenorchy, well inland and not our traditional environment. But we need to maintain resilience on the coast, but we took a few members from some of the surrounding teams to provide a team to assist with a big inland search. Once we spoke to the Pulser, the police search advisor, about our capability and skill sets, he hadn't had much contact with the coast. He quickly realized that we could do good quality searches in the water environment, so around the rivers and under the bridges and culverts and so on. So, you know, we were a real asset to that response, even though it wasn't in our traditional area.
0: It's a really good kind of image on my mind now about what you guys do and how you interact with everybody else in that kind of overall patient care package. One of the things we've been getting all the folk who've been coming on here to chat is to give three top tips for the basics responders, so the doctors, nurses, and paramedics up and down the country. If we're dealing with you, is there anything that we can do to make your lives easier? Is there anything that we should avoid doing? Yeah, top tips for going forward.
1: Okay, so the first top tip I really want to share is how to contact us. The best way to get a team out to support you, to help you, is to task through the ops So for instance, that would be through ambulance control and put that request in that you're requesting Coast Guard assistance. If you bear in mind that our teams are made up of volunteers and they can be quite a distance, it really helps to get that early request in. So when the tasking is received by the ops room, they're going to put that alert out to our volunteers and to us as duty officers. And we can then get a quick idea of whether we've got enough people to respond or whether we need to look at flank teams or backup or anything like that. It's great to build up those local relationships. And what we find is sometimes the temptation can be to call upon the local contact to maybe get some assistance. Difficulty then is that it cuts out the optimum, and it cuts out that oversight. You know, the search mission coordinator and the duty officers don't have a good handle of what's going on on the ground to make sure that we can provide an adequate support for you. So... Really important to get that request in through the ambulance control and get them to task the Coast Guard that way. Second thing that springs to mind, think creatively. You know, if you're on the scene and you're presented with a situation, if it's environmental risks or anything like that, you know, think about calling us out. We can at least provide maybe safety cover or advice. We can also use our equipment creatively. You know, it's a toolbox. Thinking of a recent incident we had on Mole, it was a rope rescue where a casualty had fallen through scaffolding. But was still within the scaffolding we used our rope rescue system to access him again not a traditional environment this was almost like an industrial sort of urban type rescue but that was something where you know we got an early request they didn't know if we could help but we were able to and we've got a good outcome and managed to extricate the casualty really well the third thing i'd say would be we mentioned this at the start is hm coastguard is an absolutely vast organization we've got access to helicopters fixed-wing aircraft we coordinate the rescue teams, the lifeboats, we can provide coastwide communications. As a duty officer, we provide duty cover 24 7 around the coast. The option can always get in touch with us and we can have a conversation with, say, whether it's a doctor or a paramedic on the ground about what we can assist with. So don't hesitate to tap into
0: the huge level of support and different resources we can offer you. Fantastic. Adrian, thanks very much for coming on and giving us that kind of sketch of what it is you guys do and how we can use you better, because certainly I, for one, I don't think have quite grasped the range of what you could provide and how you can help. Oh, it's a pleasure. As I say, many thanks for coming on to chat. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you at Jobs in the future. Indeed. See you around the coast. Thank you.